Bob McLaughney is a best-selling author, speaker, and management advisor. And I want to add a new title. I want to call him Professor Chaos. He wrote a Washington Post bestseller called Embrace the Chaos. And what he's doing right now is working with leaders on how to deal and work through all of the chaos that is happening right now in the world. This is such important work. And we really dig in almost at a quantum level about what chaos is, is all about. And we even get into some ancient Roman and Greek goddesses of chaos. It's a really colorful conversation. Enjoy. C-Suite Radio. Hello, everyone. This is Christina DiGiacomo, and welcome to Wise Up with Christina. I'm really excited about our guest today. His name is Bob Miglani. He is the CEO and founder of Embrace the Chaos. And what I love about Bob is I equate him to a chaos wrangler, like someone who actually just goes and dives right into the chaos, into the swirl of activity and noise and craziness and really just helps leaders sort through all of that and actually embrace it. And so we're going to talk about his point of view around that. But I just want to say, hi, Bob. Welcome. Hi, Christina. How are you? I'm good. It's so nice to, well, I can see you. Others can't see you, but if they could see you, they would say you're a very snazzy dresser on top of that. <laughs> so, but welcome. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, Christina. So let's just dive right in and talk about your platform, Embrace the Chaos. Please let us know about your point of view around that. Well, I think there's a couple of things. One is the world has profoundly changed with this pandemic and has been changing over the years. And what I realized, Christina, some years ago when I wrote my book, now it's a bestseller called Embrace the Chaos, is that we can't control it. We can't predict it. And so what we have to learn to do is to stop resisting it. That's the key. So the, there's three things what we have to learn to do is to first fundamentally is accept that this change, this disruption, this chaos is here. It's here. And when that means we have to kind of let go of the past, we have to let go of the past ways of working, past ways of thinking, past mindset. And I know, I know it was good back then. I get it. But I think what we have to learn to do is to really accept that we don't have much control over the chaos. But the good news is we have control over ourselves. And the second thing is, is to stop overthinking, overanalyzing, overplanning. You know the what, Christina? I'm not very good at predicting the future. And I don't think the rest of the world is either. And so we can't predict the future. It was too complex. The world is too complex. So stop overthinking. And the third most important thing we can do in Embrace the Chaos is really is move forward. Take action. Because why? Because we get consequence. We get a result. And so that's what I think what we should be doing in chaos is moving forward. What happens is chaos makes us get stuck because we overanalyze, overthink, and we just say, why? Oh my gosh, why did this happen to me? Why is this happening right now? And the answer is we don't know. And that's okay. Because what we have to learn to do is to let go of it, 
except that what we have to do is to focus on what we can control, our words, our thoughts, our actions. That's the only thing we have control over, Christina. And so, and then begin to move forward in life. And that's what Embrace the Chaos is really about, is learning how we can move forward in these times of uncertainty, unpredictability, complexity, and speed, what I call the four forces of chaos. That's how we move forward in these times. That's what I do. That's what I've been doing. I've been helping people move forward in these times of change. Thank you so much. So rich. And I mean, I heard uh, there was there were there was Stoic philosophy in that. There was Asian tradition in that. Uh, and the one thing that's really sticking out to me is the notion of chaos, right? We'll get to the embracing part. And I think you talked about that actually in, in um, the, your four aspects uh, of chaos, mm-hmm. but to maybe put a finer and hopefully more comforting uh, spin or understanding of chaos is thinking about, so chaos theory, right? I'm going to nerd out with you, Bob, a little bit. Sorry. Let's do it. Let's I can't, do it. I, I can't it. help it. Let's do so, it. First, well, let me give let me give a pop culture reference so that might be helpful and orient yeah. people. So, did yeah. you ever? I hope. Please tell me you've seen Jurassic Park. Of course, yes. Okay, so do you? Jeff Goldblum. I just saw it. I just saw it. Re saw it with my five year old. I kid you not. Last week, the first oh. one, where Jeff Goldblum talks about yes, chaos theory. Chaos theory. Exactly. Yes. You're the Holy. Ian Malcolm of yes. chaos and leadership. Yes, yes. So so to so again to put a finer point on it is like all of these variables, right? Things even on an atomic level that we can't even see all come into play to to build the circumstances of things at the most massive infinite scale. So that whole notion, uh, which was also fictionalized in the the Sound of Thunder, which is simplifying, like do you know the wings and the beat of a butterfly, you know, cause like the like a storm like a hundred years later, and so what I my feeling and how I'm embracing you know your point of view on embrace the chaos is. There is so much that is not in our control because mm-hmm. we're, we can't possibly quantify all the events that are happening in the world around us and in our lives. So if that is the case, then the only other option mm-hmm. or action would be to embrace it or be okay with it and accept it and mm-hmm. allow it to unfold in the best to the, you know, with, with Absolutely. our self control and, and control over our ideas about it to the best of our ability. So how yeah. do you like that Jurassic park to awesome. the butterfly effect nerd out, right? I'm going to um, go deeper. I'm going to go deeper in this go rabbit hole, Christina. Okay. So when I was going there's to give you a story, quick story. So I was going, I was in corporate career, big company, uh, I was an executive, but I had this, we had this crisis, 2008 financial crisis. And I was looking at my life and I'm like, oh my God, I can't predict what's happening. Well, how can I plan my career? I can plan my job and everything, right? So I was in this rabbit hole. I was stuck. I, I was very anxious about the future. I was worried all the time. And then I went in this rabbit hole of reading. And I spent a lot of time learning about chaos theory. I also learned about entropy. 
talk about nerding out, okay? Second law of thermodynamics, right? Which basically says in a tightly controlled system, right? Tightly controlled system. But what happens is, and as the world economy is booming, right? World population is booming, is that we have less control than we think. What happens is you have less predictability. And so imagine a household with one child. But then imagine a household with three children. You don't, world doesn't get, life doesn't get simpler. It gets more complex. So think about it. One child versus three kids, life is crazy, right? So the more people we have in the world taking different actions, we get different results. And therefore, we have high unpredictability of where our actions are going to lead. And so as I was going through this reading and understanding chaos theory, I went to India of all places. And I found myself in this place of chaos. And I find, and I was born in India. I grew up in the US, but I was born in India. A friend of mine said, Bob, come with me to India, show me around. I said, oh my God, I can't be a tour guide. And so he goes, we spent a week in India. So I, I said yes to help a friend. I, we showed around a lot of people. He says, Bob, this place is crazy. It's in chaos. From the roads and the traffic, you have a billion people, Christina, 1.2 billion people you know, working, living, getting married. It's insane. People don't show up on time. Things are three hours late. The traffic, the roads are messy. And my friend says to me, Bob, how does anything get done in this country? And I smile. I said, well, have you ever been to an Indian wedding? Because it's exemplary of chaos theory. And he goes, what do you mean? What does that have to do with anything? I said, well, it's very instructive because Indian weddings are massive, okay? Three, four, 500, 600, 800 people whom you've never met probably, okay? And, and there's, there's flowers are not neatly arranged on the table, but they're all over the floor. There's a horse and an elephant, and you can't be so sure, but it's not for the kids. But, you know, and there's, some, there's a, somebody praying on one corner, somebody drinking liquor, scotch out of a car, back of a car, another corner. Somebody's crying, somebody's laughing. You have no idea what's happening. Nothing goes according to invitation. Guess what? Three days later, two people get married. Everything somehow works out in the end. What you have to do is to embrace the chaos. Otherwise, you're going to miss the best time of your life. You have to go with the flow. Stop, stop worrying about what's coming next and trying to predict because you can't. It is so many people trying to interfere with that. So that's why I said to him, and that's where Embrace the Chaos was born, was born in my conversation, suggesting to a Westerner, and I was kind of that Westerner too, because I realized in my life back home in America, I needed to relearn how to embrace the chaos, which basically means is to take action, to move forward and to get engaged in this messiness of life. And that's really what this, and to me, it occurred in this notion of entropy, the butterfly flapping its wings in you know, Texas, producing a tornado in Brazil. That was the concept is you can't predict what the outcome is. So you might as well try something. <laughs> That's what I come to is trial and error and trying to figure out and navigate around the chaos. So you can't control it. The only thing you can do is to embrace it. I love that story. I just imagine you just being like, yeah, I'll be a tour guide. I just haven't <laughs> been here since I was a kid. And uh, well, we're just going to go with it, right? right? I love that. And actually, you know, it's funny because you brought to mind something that I've said before, but totally didn't, 
even in preparing for, for our conversation, didn't even come to mind until you told me that story. And, you know, when I, I've been in New York City living and working here for over 20 years, and anytime I meet someone who's new, new to the city, there's always a conversation around the subway. There's always a conversation right. about the subway. Right. And at first, they're like, what is going on? And I tell them it is controlled chaos. So what I meant by that, when I would explain it to them, it's like, we're all in this together. We're all like moving to different subway stops and cars are packed and platforms get really busy and there's people moving in certain directions and sometimes they're not moving in the right direction. And it's sort of like bobbing and weaving and whack-a-mole all at the same time. And, you know, but I explain like, if you do the dance, if you get into the dance of the commute, you will find that it's much easier to navigate and go through the flow and go with the flow because it's all this controlled chaos. Yes, it's chaotic, but everybody knows their role. Everybody knows their place. Everybody tries to like move and the, you know, and, and everyone has an agreement, like for the most part, everyone has an agreement to just try to get through the commute. And so your India story reminded yeah. me of the controlled chaos of the New York City subway system. Oh, totally. And you know what it is, is I realize, you know, that's absolutely right. I mean, I lived in New York for many years. I took the train from Brooklyn sometimes. Did you ever take the train from Brooklyn, Brooklyn to the city? And it's hot because the subway, some car, subway cars, they didn't have air conditioning. You're like, oh my God, what am I going to do? And you move to the next car, right? You can stand and you can bear it for another half an hour, but you're sweating when you get to the meeting or you, you hop off and you get on a, on a platform and you get on another one. But I think the key is, is that you realize, I realized in, in, in embracing looking at chaos is we have very little control in the first place. We think we have control. And that is the root of stress, is when we close our fists and we try to control something. And guess what happens to our fist? And I'm pointing to my wrist. You get stress. When you let go and you realize you stop trying to control things, guess what happens? Your, your, your hand opens up, and I'm pointing to my hand, an open hand, and it opens up for more opportunities in life. And that is the thing we have to realize is stop trying to control everything because that's where stress comes from. Instead, free yourself to try to control your environment and instead focus on controlling yourself. The words you use, the thoughts you think, the actions you take. And so when you open up and you're more likely to change the subway car because one of them is doesn't have air conditioning, too hot, move to the next one. Right. And then you'll be able to be in a better place with more opportunity and better air and so on and so forth. So the key is, I think, is to recognition that we have very little control. And it's a very scary thing, Christina. A lot of us don't want to feel like we have no control. But let me tell you, as a, as a parent with three children, I really have no control over my day to think of the boss. Life. Yes. Yeah, you're not the boss. You're not in I'm charge. Not the boss. Not the yeah. Boss. Forget it. That went out the window a long time ago. I, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really, but you think about that in career. I was in a corporate career, big company, large company had been there. I was there 23 years overall. And even my corporate career during my mid-year, I thought I was in control. I controlled the department, I controlled the budget, controlled the team, I controlled, you know, I had control over this. 
And the CEO of this, this massive company, who's my mentor and friend, is Bob, I have no control. I said, what? I said, you're CEO of a company. He goes, Bob, I can't. I, my, my leadership team reports to me. Uh, I can barely you know, get them together to think, to, to think I control them. They're really smart people. I said, but I said, I said, but you're, we have 100,000 employees of this company. It's a mass, one of the biggest companies in the world. He said, Bob, I, I can't control 100,000 people. I, you know, I can only control what I do. And it sort of, whoa, blew me away. And I'm like, I thought I had control. And you staying as a CEO that you don't have control? That's great. And he was a very effective, good CEO. And you really realize, you, you come to this realization when you're in a messy, unorganized system is that you really have to let go of that notion and instead focus on what you can control. Amazing. Thank yeah. you for that. Well, of course. So I want to switch gears just a little bit because I, I do really appreciate language and origins and where things come from. And I just wanted to share a little bit of just some some interesting linguistical things that I learned about chaos. So in ancient Greece and in, in ancient Rome, there were there's the mytholo- mythologies and there's gods and goddesses. And it turns out that there were goddesses of chaos. Yes. So in ancient wow. Greece, uh, the goddess of chaos was called Eris, E-R-I-S. That, first That's of all, really that cool. is such a Very rock cool. star name. Yes. Like that, I mean, really, like there, some pop star really needs to take the name <laughs> Eris and they will win Grammys and awards and be as big as Lady Gaga, I'm telling you. Totally. But, That's a new band. That's a new band. Yeah. yeah total. Yeah. It's just an absolute amazing name. Now, what's interesting with a lot of the gods and goddess uh, mythologies in ancient Greek and Rome is that they would have a counterpart, so kind of a yin to their yang, and and so the order the, god. Yeah, the counterpart to Eris was called. She was called Harmonia. Wow. So harmony, which is you know the abs, you can make the clear connection to the yes. word harmony. So Eris was the goddess of chaos and Harmonia was her counterpart in Greek mythology. And in Roman mythology, uh, the goddess of chaos was called Discordia. Wow. So you can see the connection to the word discord. Yes. And her counterpart was called Concordia. Wow. So the you know there's there's a connection to like accordance right to accord yes right so there's there's some some linguistical connections to modern day language yeah. there so discordia was the roman goddess of chaos oh. and concordia was uh her counterpart and that's and, really uh, cool that i had cool? no idea yeah that's really cool i wonder what they did i mean how they what did they like force chaos and messiness and the other one try to control it. I mean, is wonder what so, that was like. 
my suggestion to you, my gift to you, Bob, is to go and look into those goddesses and their counterparts, because I am sure there are myths and stories associated with those uh, with those goddesses that you might even, you know, be able to, to align those stories to, yeah. you know, your leadership programs, or it just could be a really juicy story. I mean, I'm Absolutely. sure there's such a, like, they're the goddesses of chaos. How could no, there not knew? be a juicy story there, you who know? Knew? Who knew that you actually, I wonder if people actually prayed to, to the, let's say a goddess of discordia to say, please don't, you know, bestow anything upon me. Don't mess up my life, you know, versus saying to the others like, hey, help me out. I need some order. So considering, well, what I know of Eris is she was a daughter of Zeus so if that's the case, she probably had her, she probably had priestesses and a cult around worshiping or offering, uh, offering tributes yes. or sacrifices to her. So, mm. and I mean, like sacrifices, like people bring fruit and flowers, or right, anything right, right, gives, right, right. but right. I don't mean to get dark. All yeah. I'm saying is that she wasn't, you know, she wasn't a minor deity. She right. was a daughter of Zeus. So wow. Again, um, yes. could be Important. a really interesting thread to follow. Yeah, I mean, it show it, it's it sounds like there was some importance to keeping uh, some structure or some or some flavor, or some so it's ebb and flow, the yin and yang, I suppose, of order and control and going back and forth and having. I guess the thing is, if you don't have chaos, you have you're static, right? I mean, if like right, I mean, a lot of us in life don't want change. We want variety, which is the same thing, isn't it? Like you have, you know, all oh, steady, she goes kind of a sort of a, a career or a job or life. And you're like, oh, I'm so darn bored. I need to mix things up. Right. And then you get, you know, you invite in a way variety, which is the same thing as chaos in some sense. And so I suppose there's that yin and yang. Sometimes we want it. Sometimes we don't. So, Definitely worth exploring. And just another thing is really chaos to your point that there's, there has to be, it has to exist. Uh, But basically chaos is a measurement of a dynamic system. Yes. Totally. And that's totally a neutral, that is, it just is right. right. So we've attributed our own, fears onto the definition of chaos when in actuality chaos is ever present completely neutral and part of this creation of our system and our dynamic in the world that we live in just we've made it negative yes you're absolutely right in fact even in the if you look at chaos theory within it and if you look at the i guess the fractals and you look at the equations in mathematics and chaos theory uh, there's an order to it, actually. So it's not as disorderly as you think it is because, because it has consequence. It says action. So you can't predict it. You don't know what the result is going to be, but there is a consequence. So if you do something, something will happen. And that is part of this, I think, this notion of chaos theory is that we've just consider it bad, quote unquote bad, because we don't like it. We may not like it because we can't predict it and we can't control it. That's the thing is we, we don't like human beings want to feel like they're in control. 
I think fundamentally, and I think that's the root of so much stress, so many problems, of so many things. And when we don't, we stress. And then when we let go of it all, when you let go of trying to do all of that, I think it sets you free. And I think that's where really where freedom comes from is learning to let go of it all and to accept what you can control and what you can't. Wow. Well said. I think that's just, can't, can't build <laughs> off of that any better than what you just said, Bob. That's brilliant. And, and I just, I love your ideas and I love your platform and it's just so fun talking to you. Uh, is there anything else that you would like to share with people about how they can find you or anything more about you and your work? Absolutely. So you can find me on embracethechaos.com. I help companies and teams adapt to the chaos that we're facing today. A lot of it is on four things, the mindset that we have, the behaviors that we have, the direction we're going, and the actions we take. Those are the four things I really focus on when we do consulting work for companies to help them reinvent their teams and their organization and their business is their mindset, the behaviors, the direction, and action. What are they doing today? And I think the tip I want to leave people with is always be moving forward. Always be trying things. Always be engaging. Always be just getting engaged into life itself. Because one of the things I learned in this pandemic, Christina, I don't know if you know about you, but life is short. You learn life is short. Life is precious. These 10 weeks or whatever they've been have gone by like that. And so really, to me, it's about learning to move forward. So move forward as much as you can and fast as you can. Thank you for having me. Wonderful. Thank you, Bob. Uh, chaos, chaos wrangler and the Ian Malcolm of leadership. Bob, you've been great. Thank you so much for helping us wise up. Thank you so much, Lisa. Thank you for having me. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.